Lingog UX is like this one big hat and it's, it's just about what do we designers do. And inside, there are all those divisions, if I can call it so, where would, there will be different people, different roles that would be just focused on different parts of user experience. So hello everyone and welcome to Amfisa's um, and Iwana's podcast. <laughs> this is the second episode in uh, what we hope will be a long series of episodes. Since we're actually treating it like a coffee together, I'm curious to hear how your week went, Amfisa. How was your <laughs> last couple of days since we last spoke last week? Hey there. Okay, so first of all, hello everyone. I'm really excited to have this second episode finally. Um, my last week was interesting. I think I was really, really um, busy so that I was falling behind most of my projects. First of all, the NNG courses started last week, you know, the North and Elmond group. So I was taking two of those courses about UX ROI and another one about UX analytics. So this took all of my evenings in the weekdays. Then um, apart from that, I was trying to manage the freelance project I still have because my past client is still supporting it. We're still working on the progress for the project. Like I'm giving feedback to the developer. We were searching for illustrator designer. Then there was a lot of, a lot of issues with illustrator, not illustrator designer, but between the communication between them, I was trying to facilitate this. So it's been messy. And also there was a full-time job, obviously. And, and I was trying to support my students. So it's like always busy. But I hope that your week was a little bit easier. And how, how was it, by the way? Well, um, I'm also doing a freelance project on the side right now. So it's, um, it kind of feels like a full-time job because I just can't balance things right because I want to get fully invested and very mm. immersed in any project that I take on. So I, I always say that it's a side job, but in fact, it feels like a full-time job. Well, actually, uh, I'm uh, currently uh, on maternity pre-maternal leave from my first job so I, I have only this side gig which is full-time job yeah the only full-time job I have right it's now crazy. but also I have a personal projects around UX goodies and so on and mm. so forth and it always feels like at the end of the week I'm exhausted anytime I try to rest and take a proper break or a longer break I feel like I'm wasting time and this immediate guilt kicks in oh and God. I'm not I'm not yet able to handle it and I, I never take the break I need and I hope that I'm not gonna burn out and I hope the same for you because I know that you're always doing things. I was uh, just thinking that we, we will once need to do this as a separate topic I guess because this is a big yeah. topic for us for us both. Yeah absolutely yeah mm -hmm. but until then uh, I'd like to share with the audience the topic of today which is uh, defining UX design. Which may seem as a no-brainer, because since for UX designers, we all know what UX design is. But actually, it's a very controversial subject in the UX industry right now. And I think everybody has a different definition. And there's no mm -hmm. universal agreement that we can all refer to, except for some ESO standards for usability or yeah. something. But, but mm -hmm. apart from that, there's no unique definition that can clarify what UX design is. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that people that are trying to break into the industry start off with this question. Mm -hmm. what, what, what actually is UX design? So yeah. I'm really curious to hear uh, your thoughts around 
this definition and um, also how you feel the industry is doing right now in terms of defining yeah. what you user experience and your user experience design. The topic is really interesting just because it's always the first question that probably your parents or friends ask, and at least it was like that, like back, I don't know, two few years ago, few years ago. So pretty much everybody would be like, eh, what is UX? Why you're, you know, saying those acronyms? What does it mean? Nobody understands that. Back in the beginning, my mom still didn't knew what I was doing. I was just saying to her, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of doing those interfaces for startups. And then she kind of learned first what is startups. And then I was like, okay, instead of explaining you all the logic behind, I'll just say, you know, everything you see in your screen is basically what we do. <laughs> and for her, it was easier. But Obviously, it's not what we're doing. We just we don't do just you know those you know screens. It's not just about screens. And I really like to think of it as as honestly just like any experience that involves senses, human senses. Um, so everything, and it's not just about senses actually. It's also about mentality. So everything we we people do with pro like with, with products, objects, um, services around us that involves our mental thinking as well as our feelings. Either it is visual, tactical, voice, I think it's a part of an experience. They always all of those senses help us to understand the status, understand what's going on, really. It's like like for us as designers, we are we are like those mediators. We communicate either a product or a service or a meaning or a vision or whatever it is through those devices we have right now. So today we use phones and computers. Tomorrow, who knows what we will use, like, um, for example, brain machine interfaces, maybe upcoming from Elon Musk, right? We never know. So tomorrow it could be a different experience. It doesn't need to be limited to just devices around us, but the experience is literally everything we interact with that help our lives, that makes our life better. It's almost like a companion to us, I guess, because we communicate and hopefully we make the life as a designers we make it life better for somebody and also it's important to note that um i think that ux is like there is no one right formula about what user experience design needs to be every person will use specific product in a different way it's very hard to you know design one way for everyone again the experience could be anything not just the digital one but for example how do you interact with the cup or i don't know with the um, with any product, even with chocolate, <laughs> with a bar of chocolate or anything. Um, it's really just like, how do you interact with something in front of you? And what does this thing gives you in return? <laughs> Is it satisfies your needs? I just remember that in the weekends we were um, going to a cafe with my husband and we got like two teapots, whereas um, there was like a part with the leaves, there was a sort of teapot and then there was the cup and we didn't know how to use the part with the leaves so I put it in my cup and my husband put it into the teapot and we were like why are you using it in the wrong way <laughs> you know it's very hard because like we all have our different patterns and understand how do we use the product so we always need to understand that it's like very hard to just design for somebody specific and when you design something, you never know how it will be used. I'm not going to go into the processes we should follow, but we just need to keep this in mind that people are so unique. And as a designers, we just really need to think about the psychology, the usability, the usefulness, the utility and stuff like this. 
I know it's a big answer, but I wanted to hear your opinion also. How do you define user experience? Well, actually, uh, I'm going to build on top of everything you just shared, because I think uh, that you got things uh, in a very encompassing and deep way uh, defined already. But um, what I would like to uh, continue with is maybe emphasize a little bit this distinction between UX, which is usually refers to the user's experience of a product, and UX design, which is mm -hmm. the act of designing that exactly. particular experience for the user. So with this separation, I would now focus on uh, what UX design actually is and what's its purpose. And I think that just like you said, user experience design is the act, the intentional act of doing in design with mm -hmm. intent, with the intent of um, giving a pleasurable, delightful, satisfactory, functional experience to your users by putting them at the core of your process in a way. Mm. So making um, your entire efforts of building a product centered around your users mm -hmm. and understanding them as good as possible in order to leverage that uniqueness that you talked about. And I love the part with users are actually unique as many times we try, I'm going to derail a little, but many times we try to box users into these personas or these categories or the, our user is this one. When in fact, uh, this can simplify our job, yeah, but at the same time, it, we're missing out on the particularities or uh, uh, nuances that mm -hmm. our users have. Yeah, pretty much UX is UX design is the act and the process of creating products that people enjoy. And I think that it's mostly used in relation to the digital products mm -hmm. for building apps, websites, and so on. But I think that everything is an experience, just like you said. So. Yeah. That's why in UX design, one of the most common uh, example is Norman Dorr, right? So he's, he, Don Norman has defined or has helped us understand what user experience is by um, referring to a door experience, which is a physical product, but it's pretty much the same uh, interior uh, process for our users. It's the way they interact with something that's outside of them, be it, just like you said, a voice interface, a physical product, a chocolate bar, which I'm hoping I'll interact <laughs> with soon. And um, yeah, of course, digital interfaces. Uh, this is pretty much uh, the, the most encompassing way we can describe user experience. But I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why the industry feels a bit shattered <laughs> when trying to define uh, mm -hmm. user experience. Why there are so many contrary opinions and mm -hmm. Sometimes even violent debates around what UX is and what UX isn't and what UI is and what yeah. UX UI isn't. Yeah. And so there's an ongoing effort in the industry to try to define and uh, find the right answer, which, of course, there's no right answer. There's no mm -hmm. absolute answer. But why do you think this happens? Is it because, I don't know, the industry is not mature enough? Or what are your thoughts on this? Mm. I don't think it's because industry is not mature. I think industry is maybe even reaching the maturity level at least in my opinion but i think that it's um it's the term that we are using and i like the term honestly but i also think that it is also very broad and in a way ambiguous like experience it sounds like everything right <laughs> and like in and when you hear it even if you're not in the industry it's just not specific so when you say user experience you're 
your, I don't know, people around you could totally think about different things. Whatever is on top of their mind, whatever is, you know, shaping their mentality. When they hear experience, they would maybe think of traveling experiences, experiencing um, the food, the, the interior, the, and, and it's not always the top mind thing that people would think of interfaces. But of course, if you're in IT industry, you'll already hear this term UX, and then there will be also debates about what UX encompasses, right? What do we do? What, what, what processes do we follow? What value we can bring as the UX designers, again, as an act, I guess. And also, I think it's a little bit confusing when we think about UX as the term, because again, it's big and it includes all those different nuances and it's holistic and we think about, you know, it's, we think about the process we follow as UX designers from the beginning, from asking questions, why, you know, who and what and how, all the way towards, you know, those small icon, icons and, and interactions and, you know, all those, um, I don't know, even vibrations on the phone. So it's very huge. When we think of UX, it's everything. It's this big one cap on top of everything. But inside of UX, we have all those small things and all those battles between, oh, UX or UI, or is it the same thing or is it a different thing? I think like UX is like this one big hat and it's, it's just about what do we designers do, right? And inside, there are all those divisions, if I can call it so, where there will be different people, different roles that would be just focused on different parts of user experience. Some of them would be focused on interaction parts, some of them on UI parts, some of them on like analytical parts or strategic parts, right? And all of those parts will be still essential to the experience overall, but they will just be tackling specific parts of it. The confusion might come because like people say, oh, UI is a UX, or somebody say, no, I'm just working on UI because I'm making those screens pretty or whatever. And it's not a UX, it is a UX, it's a part of UX. It's just that your work is revolving about one specific part of user experience. So I still think it's a part of the same thing, but it could be confusing from when we talk about it as a term to when we start, we start doing something. And when we start doing something, we can see those small separations in the parts of the work we are doing and what what do you think do you have the same impression or do you think yeah what's your opinion on like confusion towards this term well i think that um i am in total agreement that ux is actually a big umbrella that encompasses different specific divisions i like the word division <laughs> so i think that all these small parts work together to create a an experience that the final user has and it can be through motion design which only a motion designer so i, I wouldn't be the best person to do mm-hmm. motion design of course even though i'm a ux designer i consider myself a ux designer so um i think that all this uh these smaller parts make up the big experience that the the, the entirety of the experience the user has and that's why no part should be neglected. For example, if you have the perfect product, but the copy the copy is broken, then you should hire a UX writer, which is an emerging uh, field, if you want, or something that hasn't been around for a long while. It's gaining a lot of popularity, but it's it's really important. I mean, you can break an experience if, if some details are not uh, well thought of. So that's why UX is not about one thing. It's about many things, and all those things need to work together um as a whole i think the industry is uh, debating very much around it because we all need the feeling of certainty or or, or mm-hmm. of a feeling of agreement or a mm-hmm. feeling of uh, 
uh, things have been clarified. We finally know what UX design is, and this is the absolute right answer that we can all refer to. And I think that it's it's actually a good thing that people are, even with all the controversial conversations and maybe conversations that don't go so well, even with even in spite of these uh, malfunctions, I think that it's healthy that the industry is continuously debating and trying to advance the conversation in and the efforts of defining UX design. And I think that it's particularly valuable for the people outside the design industry, because as designers, we know by now, but the ones that are outside the UX industry don't really get that much the clarity maybe around mm -hmm. what we're doing. And even people who are trying to break into the industry, I think that in the beginning it can feel very confusing. So the lack of mm -hmm. this common agreement that we all are in favor and comfortable with um, reflects on the on the experience that people breaking into the UX industry have because they might feel overwhelmed as to what UI is, what interface design, what mm -hmm. information architecture and so on. What are all these things? So what, what am I actually trying to learn here? <laughs> I think... What you were just saying that um, we don't have this consensus on what it is and we really need to have this consensus otherwise it, it kind of starts you know it starts evolving into opinions battle or you know like no this is what i do no, this is what i like no this is not the ux and, and this is ui and you know all of that it's, it's really funny that we want as the humans we want to have this clarity in one liner but if we try to make it a one-liner, this huge, holistic, interconnected, diverse industry in one-liner, it's impossible to put it all in this one sentence that will um, tell it all in just like, I don't know, a few seconds. It's impossible. Otherwise, you know, like it really would depend on how do you approach things in your life, in your work, how you describe it. You probably will describe it from your own perspective and from your own role maybe even um at work um and it could sometimes be really different some of people would say like oh you know it's very strategic and it's really about business decisions and how business how users how users voice drive the business decisions and somebody would say no this is really about a feeling and an emotion and how it helps users to you know progress with their tasks or whatever whatever it's really 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 different and I kind of still like it, you know, <laughs> to hear those different opinions. I also remember that in one of the posts recently I was reading, um, somebody defined experience um, in a fun way. Um, somebody said that um, UI is how how the girl looks like and what attracts you in the girl and UX is why you married her. <laughs> it's like everything together. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not exactly precise, but I like the metaphor here um, that, yeah, maybe when you, even when we think about digital products, you first download it, like if you'll find it trustworthy, if it's modern, if it looks uh, holistical and, and clear and the value proposition is in the first place, so you know why you're downloading it, you're attracted to the kind of visual look. But when you start using it um, and it's engaging and brings you constantly value and it doesn't bother you with notification, doesn't use those dark patterns and do not break the trust and stuff like this, it becomes a habit for you, something that you live with, almost like a partner, right? A companion to your daily life. Some of the products stick with us for, for years and if not decades. So it's, yeah, you can debate about it also for a long time here, I believe. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I think it can be a very long conversation mm -hmm. and a fruitful one. Um, the last point I wanted to add on this controversy uh, in the industry uh, subject is the fact that I think that uh, this very uh, heated conversation around what UX design is and what isn't stems from the fact that it's often misunderstood, especially outside the industry, but it, it can happen even to design professionals to define completely in a completely different way, just like you said, based on what they're actually doing in their day-to-day mm -hmm. -day lives and jobs. But I think that the problem is um, many people complain, or at least designers complain about the fact that recruiting staff and hiring mm -hmm. managers it often happens that people hire UX designers, but then expect them to do mock-ups or pretty mm. screens and the visual part. And they just, so it's, it's, it, the problem is that uh, many job descriptions feel broken. Another very common example of how UX is misinterpreted outside, uh, but in the close vicinity of the design industry is that people try to hire UX designers and then expect them to know how to code. Mm -hmm. which is an advantage as a UX designer, but it's not actually the job of the UX designers. But many people think that UX designers uh, need coding skills when they hire for a UX designer. So I think that the problem is that it kind of, it, this, this lack of um, universal agreement, mm -hmm. if you want, can, can lead to actual problems and bad experiences for designers that are starting in the industry and even for senior designers which are being recruited for things that they're not supposed to be doing so i think that maybe this is the only re another reason for which the industry tries to find the perfect definition that we can all uh, agree by it could be like two parts i think one is that design for a long time, it was like a visual aspect. And we used to hear of design like as a graphic design and something that, you know, we create beautiful stuff. Um, and then out of blue, somehow we start talking about strategy and business and all those mind maps and stuff like that, which is like, what? So not every country already get there with what UX designers do. And I think it sometimes also depends on, on the country or on the region where you live at. In some places, it's still in this, I guess, early stages of understanding what you, you user experience designer could bring to the table and in some places it's actually you know some countries uh, especially like Scandinavia for example I think that they were doing UX already like 20 years ago um, I mean like all the strategic parts of the UX like 20 years ago and then they they were thinking about user experience design in a different way than in some other countries in some other parts of the world so it could be also really dependent on where you are at and what's the image of the word design and how the design evolved into the user experience design in the, I guess, in this, in this cultural region overall. So sometimes it could be that you have like this, your expectation both matches, sometimes it totally doesn't match. Now I would like to ask you another question, which I think that is very close to, uh, goes hand in hand with the effort of defining UX. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we can't not we can't uh, talk about UX without understanding what what good UX is. So what does it mean to have <laughs> a good experience yeah. of a product? What is a good experience? Because of course, just like you said, it can be very unique for every person and individual. It's something different. But um, what do you think makes good UX? <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I would just refer to um, this metaphor with the girl. Like, honestly, I think there is some like sense in this because to me, a good user experience designer is the experience that is first of all attractive, then it is useful, 
and then it is usable. Um, like it's it's a different aspect, and it's it's uh, if you want, you can zoom out and think of it as a as a journey of building relationships. Like you first get to know about the product, and at this stage, there are certain values or important. Uh, points that you look out for this in this product so like you first see if it's trustworthy and if if it's just you know something that you want to interact with then you start using it and then you start seeing if it brings you value so is it useful is it um, usable do you get confused do you spend too much time do you maybe get lost around do you not being able to complete your tasks so is it use usable and useful to you and then we think about the next stages of this product you know journey and cycle we start thinking about how does it help us on a daily life basis so can this product be really right here when i need it is it healthy product for example some of the products we know right now are not super healthy like some, some sometimes they're using those habit forming mechanisms that make us want to come back though they don't really bring us value or don't help us growing right so if this product is healthy if this really kind of comes around when you need it if it not distracts you from your tasks for example it doesn't require your attention you know swipe here click here get there if it's just like having a good healthy relationship with you as the person as the user so for me a good experience is really like having a friend who helps who cares about me who doesn't use my data against me <laughs> you know all of that stuff um and if I feel like this this product is almost like somebody I can trust and, you know, maybe um, delegate a part of my work or my, or my needs or my tasks to this part, it's the product I would like to use. So this may be like subjective definition of, of a good user experience. It's And it also has like a lot of those small puzzles that are really important in different uh, stages of the product development cycle, product journey cycle as well as also updates when, you know, tomorrow this product, you know, changes everything and doesn't fit my needs anymore. Um, that's a bummer as well. Or if it tomorrow evolves into something that I can uh, not just use, but benefit much more. And if it's like in hand with my needs every single year, like Sketch, for example, it was really in hand in the beginning with every user. We had like a Photoshop, which started to be really hard and bulky to use. We had this Sketch and it was super, great because it was community-based we had those plugins and people were engaging and they had a lot of updates so we were using it so often and so i guess it was just matching our needs until it became so bulky and heavy and not so quick anymore to deliver on new features and now we all started moving towards figma or whatever other tool maybe xd just because you know it doesn't need matches our needs any longer or it's harder to use it right now there are other products so it's a it's a very very long I guess, definition or a very, very long journey that you take your users or friends um, on board with, I guess. I love your definition. And I, 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 what I like about your response or what uh, really struck a chord in me is the part where the digital product or the product should be your friend and you should trust him and it should be as as responsible as a human would be towards you and as respectful and like build because this actually comes down to relationship so i love the idea that you defined the good user experience by uh, defining uh, by by referring to the relationship that that product is 
building with you, which should be, of course, based on trust and uh, transparency and uh, um, finer things that go beyond just meeting your needs, mm. immediate needs or um, serving you, which are fundamental. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason for which a person would use a product that doesn't uh, enable them to accomplish their tasks. So I don't see why I would use a, a to-do list or productivity uh, app of any sorts that doesn't allow me to enter my uh, to-do list or Mm -hmm. something very basic. So, of course, the first thing in uh, creating a good user experience is uh, allowing your users to accomplish their tasks, find the practicality in your Mm -hmm. product, the value. But then also uh, the things that you spoke about, relationship, trust, and not abusing your data and not using dark patterns, which I don't know why still happens more often than it should. Maybe because it's not regulated in any way. So maybe because the UX industry is um, a younger industry compared Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, let's say the medical system. Okay, we're talking about different things. It's life-threatening potential situations versus just a product. But at the same time, I think that we're waking up as an industry and as an entire world, we're waking up to realize that it can be harmful in maybe sometimes even equal ways Mm -hmm. to a bad medical act decision or practice. So maybe UX design should also be regulated at least in in trying to protect users from dark patterns and uh, habit forming uh, Mm -hmm. models that are not honest and and Mm -hmm. so on. So I love that you touched on that, those points. But to, to get back to my answer of what would you expect, it's just like you said, usable, uh, valuable, and it should also be delightful, which is mm-hmm. in a way it has to do with the visual design, the visual aspect, micro interactions, micro delighters, if you want, and even motion design and things that make it feel nice to use. And it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a product that you're excited to interact with. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like all the products should be like this, but actually <laughs> it's quite a hard job to get it, uh, to nail it. I mean, how many products do we use that we're completely excited about and we mm-hmm. don't find any flaw in their system? And I mean, all the big apps that I love, uh, there are many things that I hate about them at the same time. So it's it's, true. it's interesting that that delivering a good experience to your users it, it's actually not that easy. So people seem to think that ah UX designers anyone can learn UX design anyone can do UX design. It's like I don't know uh, the entry bar is uh, quite low. But in reality, it's it's really hard to get things right. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that you've mentioned it because I now think that, um, you remember we were talking about this in the beginning, that every human is different and then um, it's very hard to design for everybody in like in the same kind of experience level, like in the same good way, I guess. First, because same for me, like there is like the products that I really love and I think they're delightful and they help my needs, but there are frustrating parts about them. And I assume that it's just because it's my, it doesn't match my mental model. For somebody else, it could be perfect. For somebody else, maybe who's more analytical or more uh, whatever else, like person whose brain work a little bit differently and have a different mentality, 
for them, it would be a perfect way of accomplishing stuff. For me, it, it's just different. You know, as a, to the same example with my husband, how I used the, the parts with the leaves of the tea. And for us, it was very no-brainer. This is where we need to put those stuff. But for different people, it's different. They expect to see things here or they expect to see things here or they expect to have this flow or a different flow. And it's really hard to design for everybody. Um, so... Of course, it's impossible to design super perfect experience, one size fits all. But there are definitely those parts, as you've mentioned, a delightfulness and usefulness. And there is sometimes this learning curve that we need to go through in order to learn how to use it in a like more effective way as the users. And um, we kind of like as the users even, we just need to recognize this or acknowledge the fact that it's not always going to be super perfect product that fits and you know you can use it without any frictions for sure there will be some frictions but it's really important what kind of relationship you take those users through and if you kind of nail the relationship you started you know having trustworthy relationship where the user trusts you and wants to come back and really use you in the needed moments um in these cases this user can maybe sometimes get get used to so small of those frictions that doesn't match his particular mental models or kind of patterns of the things how he used this. For example, I can bring uh, the products like Notion. For me, it was, it has this like entry curve. It, it's, it's like you have this blank sort of shit with, with different opportunities and you don't know where to start. And it's like, okay, you can go crazy. You can go very simple. You don't know where to start. And there's this learning curve. You have to wrap your head around it to understand how to start using it. To, in order to make value for yourself or even Airtable um, or like there are more, more products that are really useful right now to me and I'm using them on a daily basis. There were those frictions um, in the beginning and I had to accustom myself to use them in order to start loving those products, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, I I'll have to be honest and admit that I'm a very lazy user. <laughs> so uh, for me, in, in, this, in the continuing on your line of uh, on our train of thought that users are different and unique, I'm the kind of user that that isn't open to putting too much effort into mm. learning something new. So it has to be to feel like a no-brainer, very user-friendly, very mm. simple. Don't make me waste my time. My time is yeah. very important. And uh, so, yeah, this is why I'm, I'm a bit struggling with the learning curve of Notion right now. But I'm starting to see value uh, as they go, days go by and I'm, I'm trying to learn how to maximize make the most of the of notion it but it's it's it kind of seems like uh, what you described but for example for me in terms of let's say uh products that have created this feeling of uh, delight for me so far mm -hmm. i think that one example was uh revolut which mm -hmm. is uh, the financial app i think most of our listeners might know um so maybe because I was a bit biased by working in the financial industry for many years as a designer, I don't know what happened there, but when, when I first made a payment to a friend, it felt like it, it's magic. It felt like it, 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 I really had. So that's when I understood from a user standpoint mm. how things feel when they work well and fast mm. and intuitive and beautiful. And so it was, it just felt like magic. And I know that it, it, it wasn't one time that I had a conversation with people uh, sending me a request for, um, for money. And then I replied so quickly that they were like, what just happened? Did you already send it? What happened? How did you do it? I mean, everybody was startled at the, at the speed of which 
things happened and ease. Yeah. This was one example of uh, an experience that I, I was delighted by. And I still, I stuck with the uh, with the Revolut, even though there are things that I don't like or maybe don't feel as robust as they do in my bank apps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you said, I mean, if, if you're delivering 90% a great experience, I think users m- will be uh, more understanding and gentle with you when you tend to fuck up some parts. So I think that this is one example. And of course, uh, being an avid music listener, I have to admit that Spotify for me was great for a long, long while, but now it feels like it's just reinforcing my musical biases and I'm stuck in this box mm-hmm. where I'm actually listening to the same things. True. So in the beginning, the same thing that attracted me about Spotify, the fact that uh, I get recommendations and they're going to help me expand based on my taste, expand the circle of bands and uh, music I'm listening. It actually, it's keeping me in a box. This is what I realized for the past few months. So I'm just listening to the same kinds of music again and again, and it's reinforcing my taste. And it, it's like a, a perpetual confirmation bias uh, on my, uh, in yeah. my musical experience. Interesting. So, yeah, so I think that the point is that there's no ideal product that I can talk about without finding any frustration in relation to it. But I think that if you do a good job at delivering most of the experience in a proper way and a positive, delightful way, then users will, will excuse you for the parts that you're mm-hmm. still improving on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other products which I'm actually using right now. And it's actually really hard sometimes to find those um experiences are really like fulfilling and most of the time it's like it's this thing that does job right right like honestly our uh, lifestyle is is so super like we don't have so much time to find you know to build a relationship with those new products right we're so busy all the time that sometimes it's just we need this app for this small thing but then from the user experience designer, it's the job of the UX designers to understand how do we want to help these users more so we get more of his time, more of his attention, more of, give more value to this person. So yeah, sometimes I feel like most of my apps, it's just for doing one small thing and not always I would have a good feeling towards those apps. So I'm looking at my phone right now and there is only one app that I remember I had like a really, I was really delighted and excited about. It's called InShot and it's for doing like those videos, um, Instagram videos. You probably have seen I do a lot of those like vlogging sort of videos, which what I was doing today, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's like, for me i think i have a relationship with this app just because it's like this proper journey which i was trying to describe to you because first of all like i was before i was mounting like editing a lot of videos because i'm doing the course so i need to edit a lot of videos and i know it's like it's it's heavy so you will have to download all those videos to your computer then you have to open it those programs are heavy um you export them import them then you start rendering them then you edit them then you add the music oh it's so heavy oh the, the app is the, the computer is already heated and blah 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 it takes you like hours to edit a video so when you think of like oh i want to just you know, quickly drop a piece of a vlog of my life to my instagram or whatever else where i document my journey and then i saw this app in shot it was magical to me just because i would open it import in one click like five cuts of videos and it would be just so perfect and seamless and it would be not heavy it's not gonna you know um quit because it's i don't know so much videos and it's heavy and blah 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 it's just gonna help me editing video on the way and they have all those features like transitions music stickers whatever it gives color editing and stuff like this and it's so 
easy to do it and I would do it with my one, one my hand and I would edit a clip of a video in like three minutes and nobody would believe me that I can do this in three minutes. People would say like, hey, how are you doing those things? How would you, are you spending hours at night to just edit those videos? No, I spent three minutes to edit it. It's so simple. So I, I have like, I was really inspired and shocked by how easy you can do this when they just, you know, uh, created this app. And then I started using it. They started adding more effects and they started adding more features and it became almost advanced to me, like literally like a real tool that you would use on your computer. So I feel like, oh, they are just understanding the user needs and they're bringing more delight and, and those features that are really needed at the right moment and they give you more content there. So they really keep engaging you in a way to always come back and always keep using them so that's like an example of a good app i would i would kind of bring if somebody asks me <laughs> i love the point of uh the, uh the the point that you just made that they're constantly bringing out new features that kind of respond to your anticipated needs and i think that this is kind of a tricky part as a designer and when you're trying to build a good user experience you kind of understand uh, the base of what you're trying to do but then everything that you add on top can be too much yes. or not enough or uh, you have to always check for uh, of course validation is uh, essential uh, in the design process but at the same time it can be risky so i've seen products that have introduced uh, new features in in hope that if we if we give this user more functionality more 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 he's gonna be more engaged and use the app more but then the app becomes overwhelming or too cluttered or it's moving away from its original purpose and the, pro the original problem it was solving for the user so it just becomes convoluted or complicated and users tend to get tired of it so it's this is also an interesting challenge when you're doing design mm -hmm. finding the right balance about between innovating and disrupting in a negative way the user's experience so but when apps manage to nail the new features they launch and mm -hmm. it's, it's like LinkedIn yesterday I think or a couple of days ago I got the update where they're adding stories mm -hmm. and they added a double tap like yeah. uh, you can like now by double tapping like on Instagram yeah. so the double tap is something that I was really excited about because it's already in my muscle memory and I'm mm -hmm. doing it uh, <laughs> I think I'm doing it on objects around the house <laughs> by using Instagram so much mm -hmm. but also I'm curious do I need stories on LinkedIn I mean is it something because I already have the, yeah. the Instagram platform that I'm posting stories on maybe it's because maybe I don't need it on LinkedIn because I already have a professional profile on Instagram but at the same time it didn't feel it felt like they're just putting a functionality that's that has to be there and it's not necessarily that valuable or yeah, meaningful in the context of LinkedIn. But I, I think we can go on forever finding a good and bad examples of products. And I think that you actually the audience might want to listen forever to this kind of example. So maybe we would do, I don't know, an episode dedicated to the dissecting products and understanding mm -hmm. what what's good about the experience a certain product offers and what's bad. and how they could improve mm -hmm. for their users. And maybe this would be another interesting topic from totally. for yeah. one of our future episodes. I like the idea. I would definitely do this. So I wonder if we want to wrap it up and um, have some bullet points as um, kind of what do we understand today in this conversation? Is there something that you would want to um, go through? 
yeah, I think that uh, indeed we've managed to exchange a lot of content over here. So it was a very productive coffee. I think that for me, things that uh, kind of feel like they were most relevant to this conversation or most valuable mm-hmm. are the points about not needing to define UX design in a very uh, limiting and constricting mm-hmm. and um, rigid way we should leave this definition open and just try to communicate better with the world outside but just understand that ux design is not one thing Mm -hmm. it's it's very broad and encompassing and can mean a lot of things and it's very defining ux design is dependent to the context and the, the the space you're trying to do the definition in So there's no universal right answer, but pretty much it's about building products that people love using or enjoy using or at least are not frustrating by when you use it. (laughs) And another point uh, that I really liked was the one when we tried to talk about what is a good experience for a user. And I think that um, in the early days of my design career, I used to be very shy about using words like feeling, mm-hmm. emotion, because I felt like, oh, it might sound cheesy and it's not very scientific mm-hmm. and I shouldn't be talking about those things because mm-hmm. it, it can feel, I don't know, immature. But mm-hmm. now I know that actually good products are about creating feelings, creating, generating emotions, mm-hmm. positive emotions, a positive response, mm-hmm. uh, the feeling of excitement, the feeling of pleasure, of light. So I think that good experiences are about feelings, relationships, Mm -hmm. just like we said, trust and things that kind of have more to do with what the user feels than what the user thinks necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Also, I would add is that experiences, user experience is very holistic industry itself. So we need to understand that user experience itself is one thing and UI interaction design, et cetera, et cetera, motion design, et cetera, is the, is the parts of the design that you can work on. You can work on all of them. You can work on the specific part of them, but don't confuse your work with the term UX design because it's not always the same. I mean, you're, you're contributing towards user experience. Um, so you're definitely working on user experience, even though you can particularly work on once part of it only and another part is that any user experience is an evolving sort of organism that starts from at some point interacting with you and then it either stays with you or it disappears from your life and of course this evolving organisms like it needs to keep you know it's not just supposed to be bring the delight once it's supposed to continuously help you improve with the time give you more value um and of course, to not abuse the relationship that this product has with you. So it's, it's this kind of continuous process and any product um, is not just, you know, you once did it and it's there and it's done, right? It's not that you built one experience and it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's always this, you know, evolving kind of organism, as I said. So that would be my bullet point for today. Because your bullet point actually is, I think I I would rephrase it into, um, Mm -hmm. it's all about the journey. It's Mm -hmm. a journey. Yeah, It's a long-term effort. It's a long-term partnership. It it shouldn't be a one-off 
experience. It should be something that you build brick mm-hmm. by brick in time. And actually, I think that's why as designers, we operate with customer journey maps and mm. uh, product journeys. And yes, it's, yes. that's exactly why, because you have to build something that's sustainable and uh, it's, it takes time to build. And that's the value in it. And that's where the fun is as a designer. So I think that UX is also fun to <laughs> to end on a very happy and uh, Yay, exciting note. UX is happiness. <laughs> that would be it for today. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone who listened to this episode. Hope you learned something today and hope you have a great day of um, time of a day for, for now. Um, Thank you and bye-bye everyone. Bye everyone. Bye.